Right. So let's stop. No, okay. I would vote. Let's keep going, and then we'll put the intro in at the beginning. Got it. Yeah, because we're already midway into yeah. the topic, right. and I don't want to much better sense. Topic. Sorry, okay. Kathy, for this. I'll give but, her a note, okay, and a scalpel, and one night when you're sleeping. Thank you, Dan. Whoops, I mean, sorry, sorry. Hey, Kathy. just make sure that like if my left ear is facing up because I, <laughs> I sleep on my side, then everything is fine. <laughs> I only need the light side. Um. <laughs> Church in space. Welcome, everybody, to Church in Space in, in 3D. 3D. Hey, we're getting good at it. Our topic today is all things the Force and Jedi. We're going to try and figure out what exactly the dogmatic position is of the Jedi, and specifically what the heck is up with their temples. <laughs> Tonight on Theology Talk, mm-hmm. the Jedi, religion or cult? Yes. yes. Discuss. <laughs> yes. Go! <laughs> and a quick explanation for our listeners in that we are going to be joining a conversation that started without us realizing we had started the show. Right. Yes, this happens frequently in our lives. No! (laughs) So take it away, Kathy. (laughs) Beep! This is a random question. But, like, these temples, who frickin' built them? I think it's Old Republic. It's Old Republic temple? Okay. Yeah. So it's like they're, they're scattered all over the place, but I'm like, but there's, like, the big one on Coruscant, like, so what were these? Well, you that's know, actually, like, that's built on the Sith Temple. Yeah. And it's I built think, on the Sith Temple? It's, yes, it's built over a Sith Temple. Oh, yeah, I didn't know it's that. It's built over, like, a Sith dark yeah. spot for it. That's why, like, the Jedi ended up, like, losing, partially why they ended up losing, like, their access to well, that clouded, seeing the future. Yeah, it clouded their... Because the literal the, place they were doing it in was sitting over, like, a dark force nexus. <laughs> wow. Did they know that? Did no, they, they didn't know okay. it. Wow. I'm pretty sure Yoda thought so, because I'm pretty sure he had some, like, visions off of Coruscant. And yeah. then when he was on Coruscant, they were, like, a little bit different. I think he was starting to suspect it, because it was, what, the Tree of Life or something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When he went off, what was that, season right. five of yeah. Clone Wars? Yeah. Yes, it's built over a Sith temple, but I think wow. it's when I think it's when the old republic started expanding, okay. and the Jedi's being peacekeepers that they are were building temples on these far off planets. So you find them all over the place, yeah. like in both the canon and the non canon You know, yeah. like or Knights of the Old Republic, right? Here, you just—it's like they're just kind of scattered all over the place. Basically, <laughs> think like, of a civilized planet. There's probably a Jedi temple, right? On it's like, but. Like the makers seeded mm-hmm. the planets with them before. Oh, yeah. wow, that's the wills. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know what. What? It's just, you know, religious well, so imperialism. Kind of, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like temples also kind of a weird word for them because they're not really temples. They're like barracks complexes, you know. Um, and libraries. Well, yeah. They're academies. Right. They're really academies. Yeah, that would right? be a better, but it's also like going there for reflection. I mean. Um, yeah, hmm. there's meditation. But it, it's just... Okay. So, <laughs> hold on. Yeah. So, prayer is a conversation between yourself and God, correct? Uh-huh. So, if you are communicating, are communing with the Force, as in meditating, are you, are you, are praying? you praying through or to the Force? Yeah, I mean... Ooh. I think through. Okay. Well, I, they're, they're never quite sure. Star Wars goes back and forth on what the Force actually... On the one hand, it is an energy field created... By all living beings, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. isn't that how Qui-Gon literally explains yeah, it? Yeah, that right? is how he explains it. But then in Clone Wars, mm-hmm. when Yoda goes to, 
well, I forgot the name of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's actually generating from there. Well, right. So like, it's that, yeah. but it's also like this. But then you had the gods of the force too. Yeah. It's very almost Hindu and like the Brahmin is both a god and like this thing that all life kind of comes soup- from. Yeah. Exists in, including the gods. Right. And we are but a dream. Yeah, like are the are the force are the the father sister son thing like are they manifestations of the force or are they are they prophets they, of the force right. because I mean if you think of are they God's avatars cre- of the yeah. force itself or are they like well if we're all God's creation and we all come from God and in this scenario the force is within everything mm-hmm. one is the force God <laughs> literally not actually yeah. By the de- that kind of definition, mm-hmm. but two, when like um, I mean, the tree of life obviously can be like the source of the Big Bang or something like that, um, yeah. or like the world tree or stuff like that, and mm-hmm. then like the the father, the son, and the daughter could be prophets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would I would probably draw a harder. I think Christian Jewish tradition draws a harder distinction between God and His creations than mm-hmm. I think the force. And the individuals do, you know. Does it, though, from the standpoint of the concept of the spirit, the Holy Spirit, right? So you've got, in our Star Wars terms, you've uh got the force within you. It's within you, but so this is where I get confused on the force, right? Like, you know, like, is it? So I've got Ben's explanation. Okay. The force is what gives the Jedi his power. It's an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us and penetrates us. It binds the galaxy together. I think R2's explanation is the best. Yeah. I th- yeah, it's basically, f- you already know what this is. That's the full explanation. That's definitely what he said. <laughs> you are intentionally misleading this young Sorry Skywalker. for the bleeps, but... Yeah. Right, so okay. while we were listening to that, I was, I was reading Wikipedia. You know. <laughs> it, uh, which is a very, it's a very credible source it's of a, information. It's a credible source of information. Yes. You know, so, yeah. so from Ben's explanation, from Obi-Wan's explanation, we get, it's an energy field created by all living beings, mm-hmm. right? All living things. All living things. Yeah. So, Ooh, four sensitive trees. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. In that sense, I would say, I would, I would say, I think Christianity posits a more creature creator distinction than that. Mm-hmm. D- does that make sense? Like, it's not God isn't a, a field created by all His creatures, right? You know. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, there's this other thing which, according to Wikipedia, is the cosmic force which is what that energy field springs from, right? All living beings create this energy field, but they're able to create this energy field because the cosmic force kind of exists. Which is kind of a life force yeah. that permeates into the living thing. Into the living thing, right? So so Star Wars posits this distinction between the cosmic force and the living force, which mm-hmm. is difficult for me to kind of wrap my head around, but okay, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but then that would get into that may be a way of Western minds trying mm. to grasp what the force is because, yeah. as you pointed out, Christianity right. does make this distinction. Makes a yeah. and there is a sense in which you know the New Testament says Christ and 
whom we live and move and have our being. Like our being is all rooted in God, yes, right? And our lives are authored by God. But there still is this like creation-creator distinction, mm-hmm. you know. And yet, before the concept of the Force Ghost became common mm-hmm. from Qui-Gon on, mm-hmm. the Jedi did have this philosophy that you just kind of got absorbed back into the Force right. when you yeah. got absor- Well, and you still do from what i understand it's just some people are contrained to like stay separate within yeah, yeah. like they can or i i think they I think like it's more manifesting themselves within it because i mean yeah i, I think it's like the funeral race or something like that it's something about becoming one with the force again yeah my understanding was that like if you train hard enough you could maintain your distinction from it from the big goop of the force yeah like for a little while but they all I mean, there's they all have to return to it eventually. Yeah. It's just how long do they maintain? And that get, like, that's, I mean, that part is so like Buddhist, transcendentalist, Hindu, uh, uh-huh. um, even Carlos Castaneda, you know, right. with his books. It's got that, that concept of your soul, your energy right. just remerges. Right. Remerges back into the, with however you want to title it God, the right. oversoul, the, the big soupy yeah. spiritual <laughs> thing. <laughs> the gooey thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's almost like what people are trying to do in and out of canon uh-huh. is hybridize current major world religions into one cohesive religion, in quotes cohesive, right? in in the Force, in Jedi-ism. Right. <laughs> in Jedi-ism. Right. Well, and it, right. And that gets weird because they don't cohere perfectly, right? Because right. they've yeah. got such different, like, perspectives. Okay. I felt like, as I recall originally watching, you know, you have these impressions of Star Wars when you originally watch yeah. four, five, and six, right? And so, like, I had all these impressions. I had this impression that the Empire was this thousand-year-long great thing <laughs> that mm-hmm. it existed forever. And I had, about the Jedi, I had this impression that it it was almost atheistic in its theological outlook, you know? And it was mainly, like, meditation and training, yeah. Right, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, that was my feeling. It was mm-hmm. it was atheistic in its broad outlook, uh-huh. but in practice, it was very Buddhist. Right, especially it was, Zen. It Buddhist. was well, it was atheistic, but it was high, highly spiritual. You know, mm-hmm. and it's, and a it's good it's distinction. Kind of, yeah, right. Like, yeah. and it's kind of practice. Like, okay, yeah, fair enough. I get that. And as we've kind of moved into like the Clone Wars, Rebels era, just starting with the prequels, you can tell it's got way more depth to it right mm-hmm. well you, you you start hinting at it in, yeah. in in the prequels but then like as we moved into clone wars the television show and rebels you start getting this feeling that like oh maybe the force is not just this like philosophical thing that you train hard enough to participate in you know and you you grasp it but like it's this there is this kind of deity some form of like deity or ultra bean that yeah. exists within you know within it right yeah. and, and like that's an odd it's not wrong it's just like an odd change it's an interesting evolution i guess of the understanding yeah. of well is know. it because george lucas didn't want to do it <laughs> i don't know in, in toms yeah i, I don't I don't know. You know, I don't know. Like, as in he didn't, one, think it out because Bob. he's not a freaking world builder because I'm, I'm anticipating this yeah. one over Thank here. you. Yeah, you got um, it. Darn it. Now I don't have anything to say. <laughs> <laughs> and then Filoni just take <laughs> George Lucas least. goes one yard on three attempts. And then on fourth down, Filoni comes in and then just scores a touchdown. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I 
you know, what is the exact nature of the force is mm-hmm. always this kind of really nebulous and thing, that, right? <laughs> when, when you think about it from the standpoint of it's generated by all living things, and mm-hmm. that's what the Jedi are tapping into, mm-hmm. then, this is I'm sneaking in my complete world building, ha, ha, ha. Um, if a Jedi is on a desert planet like Tatooine, mm-hmm. where there's not a lot of life, would yeah. would not Jedi and Sith be weaker on Tatooine than they would on, well, is that, say, Yoda's home world? Now, is that why Kenobi chose to exile himself on Tatooine? Not just because Anakin would never go there because, you know, there's sand. <laughs> um, but because he can isolate himself from the Force, from everyone around him better that way. Mm, good point. And it would explain why in Star Wars TOM Episode 1, mm-hmm. um, why Uncle Owen refers to Obi-Wan as just a crazy old wizard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all he does are little... Little tricks, like mm-hmm. the Jedi mind trick, yeah. mm-hmm. imitating a creature that scares off the sand people. But there's also very clear, because he literally just like poofs into the force, yeah. <laughs> you know, in his duel with Vader, right? Spoiler alert for yeah. a movie from Well, I was going to bring in Kenobi, the series. You know, but like he, yeah. he, he poofs into the force literally, you know, like... Yeah, <laughs> or whatever he does. Yeah, the the little right. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah. 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 So like, I would agree with you. Like, nominally, that would be the reason he's on Tatooine. But yet, he's clearly like gotten stronger in his connection. Yeah, which we now know way. is because Qui Gon, as a Force ghost, came right. and continued his training. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, two parts. Part one was when he at the beginning of Kenobi, he was weak. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he what was it one of the one of the inquisitors he could barely beat the inquisitors yeah. Yeah. yeah more and more as he's literally around more people as he has he went in with that um not it wasn't rep, wasn't a rebel organization at that point or was that just like a uh essentially an underground railroad i think it was just an underground railroad kind of thing. Really. yeah mm-hmm. yeah once he kind of got back into things that's when you could see him get more powerful yeah there he's is back an in element, the city yeah. there is an element of like it's almost like muscle memory yeah. you know like it's a muscle he clearly hasn't like used yeah in yeah. a very long time you know so he's got to keep working out at it but he was also given the assignment to train yeah on tatooine to yeah. be on force ghost which by the yeah. way brings me to a point i was going to bring up earlier mm-hmm. did dooku learn how to become a force ghost because he was the one that trained qui-gon mm-hmm. who actually became one well but he's evil right like but it wasn't until um oh, uh, Are there like evil force next ghosts? gen? This, this is like a what next gen movie too? Yeah, that he really turned evil. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> um, uh, sorry. Yeah, we had two different questions going. Yeah. Right. yeah, I think there are evil force ghosts. Oh, absolutely. They, you know, think about when oh, there's various def- episodes of various mm. animated series. Yeah, when they get into a Sith temple. Oh yeah, there's definitely they're often the old Sith um, lords that yeah. kind of resurrectish. Yeah. Did you ever play the second um, Knights of the I, Old Republic? I did not play KOTOR Kay. 2. Yeah, yeah, KOTOR 2. I mean, yeah. it was basically the same thing. No, there's a bunch of like Sith ghosts that like have to, um, like one stays alive in a mask. Mm. Yeah. Like there's a bunch of like old Sith ones that mm-hmm. are super powerful that have yeah. done that. Yeah. And it's more like, in a sense, it's more like Sith Force ghosts haunt 
whereas Jedi Force ghosts seem to be able to travel at will, continue training, mm-hmm. things like that. Right. So, like, Sith Force ghosts seems very much... Continuation of power. Well, they're almost... They're they're truly ghosts, or, yeah. or yeah. almost demonic, you know? Yeah. In... But they also seem to be geolocated. Even the but ma- that's what I mean by mask, like, right? But that's what okay, I mean by, sorry. like, true ghosts, right? Yeah. They're spirits, okay. right? Like, in the kind of... So they're bound. They're bound to a plate, mm, you know. Gotcha. And, and they seem to have less agency, right? Like mm-hmm, they're just kind mm-hmm. of raw malice at that point. Versus like Jedi Force ghosts are almost angelic, you know. They're yeah, yeah, right. They're they have purpose and mission, and you know. So we're back to the religious, yeah. the overt religious aspects, right. Of Jedi good angels, right? <laughs> Sith yeah. bad demons, demons, right? Yeah. So getting back to the Dooku point. Mm-hmm. Was he truly evil? No. I mean, I think I think this is where Dooku's a good villain mm-hmm. in that yeah. good villains never think good villain. Nobody actually sets out and goes, I'm evil. <laughs> you know, I'm, like, I'm pretty sure Grievous has. I'm pretty sure Ventress has. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm pretty sure Doofenshmirtz I'm, has. I'm talking about like real people in real life, right? Like, you know, like... Wait, wait what? Real <laughs> villains in real life don't go like, I'm evil, you know? Look, a platypus. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so like you know this is where Dooku's a believable villain right yeah. like he doesn't actually believe he's doing anything or he believes he's doing things for the right reasons he's you know? trying to fight the cor- he's trying to fight the corruption of the republic right but he's right. trying to fight the corruption of the republic and and know? that's a fine point to make right that's why as, Anakin's as much- turn in episode three is actually also believable because he doesn't go I've become evil <laughs> right <laughs> no he, he's actually he's trying to save somebody he's doing yeah. all this no he's doing all these terribly awful things you know but he's doing them all to save somebody yeah. he loves you know which if someone would have just taught him force heal well, it would have solved so, so much. much yes because apparently have. Palpatine knew how to do that and just <laughs> decide not to say hey um, I can teach well, you well but this. that's the whole point right <laughs> he's manipulating yeah. him to like you know, to, to lead him to this, you yeah. know, your desire to save yourself and the bringing about your own death anyway, you know? So I think there's a difference though, between Anakin and Dooku in that I think Dooku all the way through felt that he was doing good, that he was fighting injustice, fighting corruption. Dooku has non-selfish motives. Yeah. I get Dooku's non-selfish motives are he wants to fight corruption. He right. Just, he just ends up, he doesn't recognize that in the process he's serving evil. Well, to me, that's what it comes yeah, to. Yeah, and he doesn't recognize that like in the process of fighting corruption, he becomes the thing he's fighting. Yeah. You know, which is again very believable. Whereas when Anakin converts over Anakin has a selfish motive from yeah. the beginning. I want yeah. to save this this thing that means something to me. Right. Yeah. And is not I'm not supposed to have anyway, you know. Yeah. But I possess it and I want to keep possessing it. And so, this person. Once he can no longer possess that. Yeah. He, I think he fully goes dark. Yes. And that's the whole quest of Luke then in the original movies, right. in the TOM. Right. You know, is how do you redeem someone who themselves feels is irredeemable, has completely right. gone I'm over. too far down this road. Okay. Yeah. How much of Vader's saving of Luke was actually good versus more Sith-like? I think it was completely good. I think that's okay. the whole point of <laughs> and he's finally, in, in that sloppy yeah. Lucas way of cutting to Vader going, huh? What? Huh? What? As he yeah. looks at the Emperor versus <laughs> right. Luke. Is that that's where the good finally 
resurfaces. Well, it's finally a selfless act, right? Yeah. Like yeah. It, it getting back to that selfish, like it is a, I will risk my own death to save someone else. Yeah. You know, so, and someone who I don't possess, like I actually haven't known my son my whole life, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's somebody unlike my wife, you know, it's yeah. somebody I don't actually fully know. So it becomes you know? in that way, purely altruistic. Yeah. And, and that's the difference. Which gets us now back to the religious aspects, mm-hmm. right? Ethics get messy. <laughs> yeah. And yes. so where where do you draw the line? Like even even in a real world religious sense, mm-hmm. where would you draw the line on a Dooku? Where would you draw the line on an Anakin from an ethics, a religious ethics standpoint? And and for this, obviously, got to take the whole thing of grace out of the equation. Because <laughs> yeah. we are looking at ethics yeah. and morality. Yeah. I, uh, Bonhoeffer... Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote a whole book called Ethics, where he's kind of wrestling with a lot of questions about why he did what he did, mm-hmm. you know. And um, and refresh so, the audience real quick. Bonhoeffer, World War II. So Bonhoeffer was a Lutheran pastor in World War II who ended up getting executed by the Nazis for being a member of the plot to kill Hitler. Um, he was also a dev- – <laughs> the irony of his life is that he was a devout pacifist. And he he was a member, founding member of what was called the Confessing Church, which was the small group of Protestant churches and pastors who refused to submit to who refused to take the oath of loyalty to Hitler and the Reich Church. Bonhoeffer writes this book called Ethics, and in it he he begins by talking a lot about he goes back to Adam and Eve, and he, he begins by talking about how the decision to to eat the not the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is this desire to have this knowledge of right and wrong. Mm-hmm. And that the pitch by the serpent serpent is you'll get this knowledge, you know, but the, the devil's always a liar. And so actually we don't really get the full knowledge that the full knowledge of right and wrong is something only God has. That's why we're not allowed to eat from the tree. Mm-hmm. Right. And so anytime we're kind of, we're approaching a situation, you know, sh- should I, is this person, should I do this? You know, is it right or wrong to do this? Bonhoeffer kind of says, we're, we're redoing the problem, the Garden of Eden story. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're attempting to possess knowledge we don't, we don't grasp. And then Bonhoeffer says, the, the real question is, is this the will, what is the will of God for me in this situation? Mm-hmm. You know, that's, you can't answer right or wrong. You'll, you'll spin yourselves in circles <laughs> trying to answer that question. Yeah. You know, what is the will of God for me in this moment is really the one question you can answer so from an ethics perspective that's the litmus test (laughs) yeah that's really the lit for bonhoeffer that's the litmus test you know um and how do you know that by bonhoeffers you know it's that here we are lots of prayer is the only way you can really know it so it's for bonhoeffer prayer contemplation yeah lots of prayer and lots of prayer (laughs) (laughs) um some people don't like that you know but it's kind of where i've you know come out on a lot of issues you know um the, the typical one I, I use is whenever people are talking about divorce, mm-hmm. you know, in that, you know, it's, say you're married to a guy who's, you know, borderline psychologically abusive. Question comes up, right? Should I get divorced? And it's like, on the one hand, you'll have people hear Jesus's words in the Gospels, you know, which are pretty absolute on prohibitions against divorce. But on the other hand, it it's hard to reckon... Living uh, with someone who's causing you harm. Right. And I don't mm-hmm. think God intends you to live with somebody who causes you harm. And, you know, and so you'll spin yourselves in endless circles trying to say, is it right or wrong to get divorced? You know, and then the real question you got to ask yourself is not, is it right or wrong? Only God will be able to tell you that on final judgment. Uh, 
but you got to ask yourselves, is it the will of God that I remain in this marriage, you know, or is, in get this myself marriage? to safety? Right. Mm-hmm. Or is it the will of God that I get myself to safety or is it the will of God, you know? Now, my knee-jerk reaction, and, uh-huh. and I want to end up tying this back to Anakin and Dooku, mm-hmm. but in that equation, my knee-jerk reaction is you get yourself to safety. Harm is not the will of God. Yeah, that would be my answer, too. But that's a different ethical framework. This is a very Lutheran framework, too. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the Catholics, you won't agree with this. Uh, <laughs> you well, know, we don't agree with them. Yeah. <laughs> um, and many Lutherans won't agree with it either because not everybody agrees with Bonhoeffer. But I, I think it ends up getting to a better place than like, is it right or wrong? Mm-hmm. You know, um, because you end up getting into all the, even back to Star Wars, you get into these weird discussions about. Who's right or wrong, right? I mean, the Jedi are literally out here leading field armies, like in a massive campaign, you know. Well, I mean, well, it wasn't the first time, though, that they were doing that. No, but... it wasn't the first time, but like it's the most recent time, right? Yeah. You know, and like they're they're out here in these mass leading these massive field armies. Wars are not <laughs> simple right or wrong exercises, you know. And, and they do cause suffering. Yeah, and they do cause lots of suffering. And it gets back to something you both have pointed out before, mm-hmm. in that ultimately the Jedi fell of their own doing, not really because of the Sith, because they were mm-hmm. so rigid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in a sense, stopped thinking about, you know, what is the gray area? What am I supposed to do? What is, what is the contemplation I'm supposed to be having meditating with the Force mm-hmm. and just judging what is right and wrong based on some kind of rigid bureaucratic Jedi structure? Yeah. I would find it very interesting, the Jedi Council meetings with Dooku and Qui-Gon, because Dooku is just so rigid and so structured. Well, one, because he has to be, like, have you guys, mm-hmm. like, read up on, like, how he has to be, like, sh- like he's so powerful that he oh, has to be. Oh, you mean Mace Windu? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, whatever form he uses is, like, super, like, yeah. low on defense, high on offense, and if you don't keep it balanced, like, you're completely screwed and you can go to the dark side super easily. Mm, Which, yeah. So he's really structured. Then you have Qui-Gon in, in the corner, who I'm assuming is, like the most sassy Jedi ever. <laughs> yeah, right. No, like, I mean it's two very different. Like, right. Mace Windu maintains his his and, or his his light sideness by you know rigidity, yeah. and Qui Gon maintains it by renunciation of all rigidity. It yeah. seems yeah. like you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, so then, do you think the Jedi would have entered the war if Qui Gon was on the council? On council, even uh, if they did, yeah. it would be a lot more of a discussion, wouldn't it? More yeah. like a military observer or military advisor. Yeah. yeah I mean, on yeah. a certain level, like they had, like there were forces that forced them into it. Oh yeah. Know? I mean, Palpatine yeah. definitely, I mean, manipulated it to happen. Yeah. But... Yeah. I don't know. It's a good question. Like, well, it's like Anakin and Padme, right? Like the whole plot line to turn Darth Vader doesn't work. If the Jedi are just like, here's a waiver for the no, <laughs> for <laughs> <Yeah>. the marriage <laughs> rule, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, we could talk about whether it's objectively right or wrong that you get married, but maybe in this dude's case, he Let's, needs to be married. But wait, 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 we're, we're glossing over Satine, which was a much better story I know. than Padme and Anakin. Yes. Uh, well, but yes. I'm not saying it yes. couldn't be done. I'm just saying, right, Satine is another, you know. Well, okay, then what would have happened if Qui-Gon's still alive with Anakin Satine? Because yeah, if, right. if, if, if Obi-Wan didn't have to train Anakin, didn't yeah. have the, um, yeah. yeah, would he go to Mandalore? Yeah. I'm going to say yes, because I'll tell you the subtext when they saw each other again yeah. and reunited. Oh, that was. Right. I mean, that would I'm be not an saying other awesome people didn't love people. I'm now. saying like 
Anakin specific situation. Mm-hmm. It's the secrecy of their relationship that fuels the yeah. the yeah. shame of I need to find a a hidden route to preserve this person's life because I can't just go to the council and say my wife. I keep having these visions of my wife dying. Mm, yeah. You know, the one time he tries to tell Yoda about it, he can't even tell her, well, tell him who the person is. Yeah. Right. You know, and I just like, know this person who's going to die. Well, right. No, uh, it's, no, it's like fear not, you know, <laughs> because he doesn't know who he's talking about, but well, my secret wife is yeah. dying in childbirth, you know? <laughs> Wait, no, wasn't that attack of the clones where he was having the visions of his mother? He had those too, but it, in episode three, he has, yeah. he keeps having these visions of, of, Padme, Padme yeah. dying, you know, and, and but that that tactic only works, and Sidious's pitch only works because the secrecy, yeah, forces him to find non authorized methods of saving her life. Yeah. yeah, and the whole thing's undercut if somebody just says, maybe we shouldn't think about what's right or wrong for Jedi here. Maybe we should just think about what is the Force's will for Anakin. Kind of, yeah. you know, use a Bonhoeffer way of thinking about it in this moment. And maybe the Force's will for Anakin is that he can be attached to this one person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> yeah. we have no plot. So then I know. Know, what do we do? Well, right. But that whole marriage thing, mm-hmm. you know, the, the celibacy of Jedi mm-hmm. Knights. It's yeah. passion. How, how do... Isn't it a little self-defeating? Like, if you allow two people with, like, huge midichlorian counts to okay. mate... Hold on. Their offspring will have that. Hold on. Yes, I actually saw this the other day. Why aren't there Jedi eugenics breeding? No, 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 not even that. It's because that, you know, um, the midi chlorian counts passed down through generations and generations Uh um, within a population. It would make way more sense for the Jedi to say, okay, you and you go in the room. And then. (laughs) To counter that, I would say, I think our only example of child, father to child, influencing midi chlorian count is. Skywalker, who's literally incarnated of the midichlorians yeah. themselves, uh, yeah. and Luke, right? Like and Leia, and Leia, right? Like these are our only. I would I would suggest that if you're literally incarnate of the Holy Spirit, you know, <laughs> and the Virgin, you know, whatever his mom's. Name yeah, is. I mean, I would think the Jedi would just all wink at each other over the secret and say, uh, "Yeah, right, go to town." Right. I'm, we're know. also missing uh, Ben Solo in there, and we're also missing Ray, who's technically the daughter of a clone of Palpatine. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, this is why we're uh, Ben Solo. I would classify also under this list. Yeah. You know, and and Ray's thing is. I'm going to pretend that movie doesn't exist. Okay. Because <laughs> it ruins the whole plot. But from a logic yeah. standpoint, right. you know, the Jedi rely on random mutations of mm-hmm. people being born with high midichlorian counts. Yeah. You know, and they, they have to seek them out, hope mm-hmm. there's some sign that they can get to, and especially yeah. by the Jedi training method, get to them very young. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just seems so self-defeating. Let Now I feel like I've got an allegory for the, the Roman Catholic Church. Yeah. Just let them get married. But then you get back to the pay scale brother. thing we've talked about. And that's, yeah, the real yeah, re- yeah. Yeah, that's the real reason it never yeah. happens. Um, yeah, I mean, you would think so. But then you end up like with not Star Wars, but Hogwarts, right? Like you yeah. end up with like this. Yes. I, I, I think part of it might be that it's the only thing that prevents them from becoming a super insular. The Jedi Temple is platform nine and three quarters. You know, is that they all come out at the muggles, right? The only thing mm. that prevents, ex- well, and the only thing that pre- what's their term for like the people who are born of magical parents but can't 
do magic. Squibs. Squibs, right? Like, wouldn't that just produce Which, this whole... By the way, should have What if you're covered. a kid born of two Jedi parents and you can't do... You know, like, then you be, there's this whole underclass of, like, yeah. kids. Although and, that would mean that the Jedi, the metachlorian traits would be recessive, right? I mean, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what the, like, genetics of midichlorians are. <laughs> no, it'd have to be recessive you know? because it'd, it'd have to go through... <laughs> I want to look at their alleles right yeah. now. <laughs> yes, it'd have to go through generations and generations... And then you magically get one because it's got to be recessive. You have to have the maybe chlorian gene somewhere as a huge recessive yeah, gene. Yeah, both the X and the Y. Exactly. And then they have to both come together yeah. to really get the. Yeah, I mean, you got to yeah. think about how many Jedi there are. Like, you may not get one a planet every. This also posits that many chlorian count is like one gene. You know, yeah. maybe it's like the interaction of like multiple. Several. Yeah. Boy, yeah. see, Mendel was off the mark when he studied. Peas. Right. Yeah. He needed to be studying Jedi. Jedi, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. High force count. You know. <laughs> anyway. Um, sorry. <laughs> I think that's the worry, right? You yeah. Know. Well, and getting back to the the Catholic Church versus Jedi celibacy parallels, you know, like it's the exact same reasoning in that, you know, they want total devotion to, to the, the order. To the yeah. order, to yeah. the church. Right. Like, you know, we want our clerics to be unbothered by all other things, yeah. you know. And thus, again, like Drew started to say earlier, the it's not so much no marriage, but marriage needs passion to succeed. An attachment, right? Yeah, yeah that's it's, the big the yeah, thing. It's like, it's almost a very Tolkien point, right? Like possession, you know, leads to mm-hmm. all sorts of problems. Yeah. Living in caves and mm-hmm. saying my precious to things, yeah. yeah. Well, right. even friendships. Like, I mean, that is one way to be passionate is to hey this is your you know this is your, your really good friend yeah you know right. what happens then like except you know that's where they're hypocritical mm-hmm. because it's very clear the jedi have friends you know mm-hmm. amongst themselves if nothing else yeah yeah so and like outside of themselves also yeah, yeah. i mean even even obi-wan mm-hmm. his disappointment in anakin isn't and himself as a teacher yeah isn't just a, a mentor student mentor disciple relationship right you can tell obi-wan genuinely cares for annie and that's why big reason why he's so upset that anakin turns and cares for padme too yeah 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 i mean bail organa um would be a friend of kenobi Mm -hmm. i mean and through the broader canon it doesn't become so clear with obi-wan on tatooine in Mm -hmm. the toms Mm -hmm. but He's Luke. got a real soft spot for Luke. Obi Wan yeah. definitely has a mm-hmm. soft spot for Luke. A little bit of it comes through in Tom in mm-hmm. that it does seem clear that Obi Wan was friends with Vader, friends mm-hmm. with Vader, even in that little speech. Yeah, not detached. Right. So, so yeah, I think that in that regard, Dooku's right. The Jedi are hypocrites. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yes, I think we all. Right. Like, so in conclusion, Jedi temples are useless. Dooku was right. <laughs> well, I think... And we should rename them. <laughs> if, if I may end on a Lutheran point, right? Like, this is the... Okay, go ahead. We don't do enough. <laughs> this will make up for other episodes. If Martin Luther were in the Jedi temple, <laughs> Luther's diagnosis of the problem would be... He would still plant an apple wait, tree. Wait. Well, yeah, he would do that too. Hold but on. his diagnosis of the problem would be that they were law-driven you know, mm-hmm. and, and Luther would say all these, you know, you said don't talk about grace earlier because it's ethics. But like this is when you don't have I agree. It's a remarkably graceless world the Jedi live in. Right. Yeah. It's this merciless 
you know, do or do not, there is no try is like an objectively awful philosophy. Sorry, yes. Yoda. But like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's just an objectively, like it, it's a philosophy built to induce despair, which is what Luther says relying on, on do, relying on the law, relying on command does. It, mm-hmm. it induces despair in you because you can never live up to the law's demands, which is why you need, need grace, you know? And, and so, you know, my kind of, my final arbiter on it, you know, is that the Jedi needed grace. The Jedi needed Martin Luther to nail the 95 theses to the door of the Jedi temple. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it would have been 94 in, in the Jedi's case because they weren't doing, selling indulgences. That's true. So, so there would have been an improvement. Anyway. Right. would have been an improvement. Right. Right. <laughs> We don't know that they weren't selling it. Maybe there was like a Dominic, like a Father Tetzel <laughs> Jedi out there. <laughs> well, that just selling indul- selling Force indulgences for fifty credits. I can absolve you using the Force. Right. Yeah. For fifty credits, get out of Force purgatory. For one million credits, you become Force ghost. Um, but so the parallels between the Jedi Order and and the Catholic Church is. I mean, it's not just the Catholic Church, right? It's like all law driven. Hierarchical. Yeah. Oh, well, just all law-driven religion, right? And like yeah. that's a universal human. I mean, Luther's point is like that's a, actually a universal human constant. You know, it's why we need scripture and Jesus Christ to tell it to us because as humans, we're naturally law-driven, you know, hmm. like including I know plenty of law-driven Lutherans, you know, and uh and and so it's not just I won't I refuse to just beat up on our Catholic friends, right? Cuz like it's not it's not solely any any individual church's province. It's like it's a human problem that we we kind of say to ourselves, "Oh, I must have to do something here." So yeah. you advocate lawlessness in religion? Yeah, not lawlessness, but, <laughs> but grace. I advocate grace. <laughs> we'll go with yeah. it. Right. Okay. Lawlessness is a heresy called antinomianism. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, that sounds like a discussion for another time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll end so, on that vocabulary word. Okay. So real quickly, game uh-huh. favorite force user that is, does not appear. In the TOM. Uh, I'll go first. Mm-hmm. Revan. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to go with Kanan. I'm going to go with Kanan. Nice I, pick. I, yeah. What's the, uh, since I'm also watching Rebels, you know, what's the uh, giant neutral sided buffalo thing? That oh, gets really oh, just call him Tom Baker. Bendu. Yeah, yeah Bendu, 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 right. Who gets so angry that he just <laughs> Zeus is out on everybody. <laughs> yes. I will manifest as a literal incarnation. Yeah, of the... <laughs> yeah. That, that's beyond force yeah. wielding. That's uh-huh. like yeah. force nuking. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. I will nuke just everybody. Yes. You know, that, he was, he was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. And Tom Baker voiced him really well. Yeah, yeah, I he, like did. That. yeah. he did voice him pretty well. Yeah. No. Okay, cool. All right. So uh, thank you, everybody. This has been Church in Space. In 3D. See you later. <laughs>